So one of the roles that the leader can play that is crucial is belief builder. And I cannot emphasize the importance of this enough. Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast from Uniform, the podcast that dives into real conversations that are happening in contact centers around the world. Here you'll experience exciting interviews with well-known thought leaders, hear compelling stories from industry experts, gain fresh insights on contact center best practices and more. So grab a beverage and tune in as we get real with Conversations That Matter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Randy Kassar. And today we have a great podcast around leadership. And I'm joined by Annie Wekeser from Unifor. She's the CMO and Chief People Officer. Annie, welcome. Thank you, Randy, for having me on the show. Really excited to be a part of Conversations That Matter. Yeah, excited that you're here and excited for our guest. And so the topic of today is all about leadership and about leading with a noble purpose, which I think is so key in today's world. And so love to hear who you've invited to the podcast for today. Yeah, thank you, Randy. As you mentioned, leadership plays such an important part of any company. And as leaders, we have to take the important role to be stewards of the organization's purpose. And specifically, when you're leading with a purpose that is communicated and understood across the whole organization. Today, we've invited the expert on leadership and noble purpose, and I'm excited to welcome Lisa McLeod to the podcast today. Lisa, welcome. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. If you don't mind, Lisa, for those that don't know you, can you share with our community who you are and a bit about your background? So I'm happy to. As you said, probably the thing I'm best known for is the books I've written about noble purpose, leading with noble purpose and selling with noble purpose. My background is in sales and leadership development. I was an ex-Procter & Gamble person, uh, VP of sales for a, a sales training company for a number of years, and then went out on my own. And so probably the things that I'm best known for are helping companies improve competitive differentiation in the market and emotional engagement with their people and their customers. That's so needed, especially right now. And, and, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, you've, you've written the book about leading with noble purpose mm-hmm. and I would love to elaborate more on that. Can you define uh, for our audience what noble purpose is? Sure. It's actually very simple. It is clarity about how you make a difference to customers. And a lot of times, if you ask an organization, what's your purpose, they'll tell you it's to make money. But we actually know that organizations whose noble purpose is to improve the lives of their customers outperform the market by over 350%. And the, the challenge that we see in so many organizations is they start with an intent to do something valuable for customers. But as they scale and get bigger and bigger, that seems to be lost as you go down into the organization. And so what we do is help them bring that noble purpose to life. Got it. I imagine that must be hard, especially right now, you know, with everybody being remote. Do do you see that? I mean, do you see a kind of a renewed ask from organizations to to help Mm -hmm. build that out a bit? Absolutely. Because one of the things that happened when everyone went home is all the peripheries of work got stripped away. If you, you know, I know a lot of your folks work in big call centers. So like the free lunches, the camaraderie, the music, all gone. 
It's just you and your work. And so what happens to people is if you don't have any other purpose other than hitting your metrics, a couple of things are going to occur. One, you're going to burn out. Two, your the way you speak to customers is going to get worse and worse and worse. <laughs> you know, just look at the way you speak to your kids now versus how you did six months ago. And so what we're seeing is companies that have this clarity about our work makes a difference. And they're not all healthcare companies. They're not all saving the planet. Sometimes it's delivering, you know, software to your customers. Sometimes it's, you know, delivering food. Sometimes it's, you know, just making sure that their accounting works. Whatever way you're helping customers, if you're not using that to knit together your team and create a culture around that, you're at risk right now for losing your people. And, and what we say is during a pandemic, a lot of people won't quit. They'll do worse. They'll quit and stay. Right. They'll check out. Yeah. Yeah. They'll still be sitting there, but their mind and heart will be elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And in your book, you also know what noble purpose cannot do. And I thought this was really interesting. You said, Noble purpose will not rescue a lousy strategy, but it will ignite a good strategy. And for me in my role, I really resonated with this because you said it is a performance multiplier because it engages your most important asset and powerful resource, which is your people. Would love for you to elaborate more on that for us. So if your strategy is weak, if you don't have differentiation and you don't have to have the most amazing widget ever, but if you don't have some way, even if it's through your service, your customer interactions, if you don't have some way of differentiating yourself with customers, if you don't have clarity about who your best customers are and how you're going to reach them, all the noble purpose in the world won't save you. We all see noble purpose charities that are completely unsuccessful. But what we specialize in is taking those organizations that have clarity about who your customer is and how to reach them and taking them and amping it up, as you said, a force multiplier. Because what we often see is a lot of times organizations will have clarity about their value proposition but it's very sanitized. It's not exciting and it doesn't make people's hearts beat faster. And that's what you need is you need people in your organization who on their best day, their heart starts to beat faster when they talk about what you're doing. And that's the force multiplier. It's almost like if you hear, if you've ever watched one of those movies about them making music or something, yeah. or you'll be in a band spot when we used to you know, go do things, that you and you hear someone play something and someone says one more time with feeling that's us we're the yeah. one more time with feeling people i love that i love that and 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 that's hard i mean especially now and you know the state of the union of 2020 it's been wow it's been a really tough year and and i'm curious to see if you have any data in terms of companies that are adopting a noble purpose, mm -hmm. you know, is, is it more than previous years? Is it less? Uh, you know, how, what, what are you seeing? So we're seeing more people trying to ignite purpose down through an organization. So more companies are adopting it, but we're also seeing that it has become more challenging 
Because one of the things that you have to recognize is your employees, even if your business is growing, the ecosystem around your employees has put them under stress. So even if you're not worried about your business, which some businesses aren't, your employees are under stress by their family, their parents, their spouse. I mean, we, I could list all the reasons. So the attention span is lower. The fear, the amygdala has gone up. So it has become even more crucial to engage your employees because there's a second thing that's happening. Your customers are also in a heightened state of anxiety. So the way that you interact with them, benign, will not cut it anymore. You have got to engage with them in a really compelling way. And for a lot of brands, the the, the way that you did it in person isn't happening anymore. So all the things that you could depend on about the, you know, the lobby you created or the way mm-hmm. that they were going to interact with you, right? All that's gone. Your brand has now become a voice on the phone. That's tough, right? That that's that's really tough. Mm-hmm. And, and and what I also see is, you know, with so many video calls, mm-hmm. while collaboration is critical, and and you've written about this for for high performing teams, it's been increasingly challenging to collaborate working remotely. Yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, what what common characteristic do you see in in great collaborators? So. One of the things that we know is that there's the reason a lot of good people struggle with collaborating is because they have different end games. And by that, I mean, people, you know, leaders will tell me, oh, my team doesn't collaborate. They don't collaborate. And we tend to attribute ill intent. And very few people show up at a meeting going, you know, I've got this meeting with Annie. Well, the last thing I want to do is collaborate with her. I'm going to just guard everything. You know, most people don't think that. But what happens in organizations when you don't have a shared sense of purpose, and the purpose always has to be about improving life for customers. You want to be a good corporate citizen. You want to do all those other things. But that sight line right to how are we improving life for customers is crucial. And if you and I have that, then it's gonna, we're going to be talking about the same end game. If you come to it from operations, I come to it from marketing, I've got my metrics, you've got your metrics, we're going to be like this, even if we're well-intended people. But one of the things that we do that has been really high impact is once you have clarity of purpose, then when you're working on a project, there's a single question that will change everything if you ask it when you're collaborating. And it's how will the customer be different as a result of this work? When you ask that question at the beginning of a project, if you're facing a challenge, whatever it is, then all of a sudden everyone steps out of their ops marketing this and we're all focused on how are we going to improve life for customers? And it's it's really important to ask it that way because a lot of people will focus on being customer centric and they want to please customers. But what we know is the top tier companies do more than that. They don't just please customers, they improve customers. And those are two seemingly nuanced, but actually dramatically different mm-hmm. things. Yeah, really, really interesting point. And I think it's, it's something that is so important at this point in mm-hmm. time. And now for a short break, let's learn more about Unifor. Unifor is the global leader in conversational service automation. The company's vision is to disrupt an outdated customer service model by bridging the gap between human 
and machine using voice, AI, and automation so that every voice on every call is truly heard. For more information about Unifor, go to www.unifor.com, email podcast at unifor.com, or tweet at Unifor. Now back to the podcast. So our community that listens to this podcast are our contact center leaders. And they're not only focused on the future of work now, but they're focused on how to keep their agents, many of which are now remote, compliant, engaged, and motivated. Yeah. I'm sure that they would love one piece of advice from you. Is there anything that that you can impart on them? Mm -hmm. So we've worked with a lot of call centers. And I think one of the things that I'm going to actually do two things. One thing is, and I'm going to give you a plug because we had this conversation earlier, is if you look at how is what we're doing affecting customers? One of the frustrations is a lot of times the reason you lose good leaders of contact centers is because all they do all day is deal with pissed off customers who have to repeat themselves six times. And so, so one of the things that you can do, which is not my area of expertise, but yours, is make sure your systems are setting your people up for success so that customers aren't having to repeat themselves so that you've got the right customer intelligence. In terms of our area of success, which is the conversations people have with customers and the emotional engagement, one of the things that you have to understand is your people's attitude is determined by their beliefs. So your belief drives your attitude, which drives your behavior, which drives your engagement with customers. And so when you are in a call center, you have some positive inputs coming to you. Just the fact that you're with other people, we're all focused on the same thing. You go home and you got your kids and they, they tried to get on Zoom. It was down. I mean, we all know. So one of the roles that the leader can play that is crucial is belief builder. And I cannot emphasize the importance of this enough. Imagine I have a group of employees or I'm just talking to one employee. Let's say it's you, Annie. And I say to you, today, it's crucial that you hit your targets. You've got to turn around X number of calls, spend five minutes on the phone, gather great information. You're just this earnest, well-intended employee. And you go, sure. But I haven't seen any belief in you in anything bigger than just getting through the day. So one of the things we know is that the best leaders build belief by telling stories. And so what I want to come to you instead and say, one of our customers called in yesterday. She was at her wits end. Her Wi-Fi was down. Her kids were losing it. Her husband was trying to get on a work call. She was trying to get on her work call. And while we couldn't change everything for her, we could fix one part of her problem. And that made her day better. That's what we do, Annie. So every day when those people are calling in, I want you to know that these are real live human beings. And that our work- How did they know about my story? Because I'm on Zoom calls all day with people. Sounds pretty real, doesn't it? And so what I've got to do as a leader, and the way to do it is through story, is I've got to seed in my people a belief that our work matters. And this isn't about being disingenuous or coming up with some crazy thing that's not true. I mean, it is true. 
It's just like being a parent. I can say your job is to get three meals on the table, supervise these Zoom calls, blah, 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 blah. Or I can say, these are real life human beings that we're going to remember this forever. We need to seed in them compassion and leadership. Let's do it that way. Like it's, it's kind of the same day, but it's lifting up your best, highest, most noble purpose. And that's the role of the leader. And the, one of the ways you do it is through story. Yeah. I love that because for, for Unifor, you know, when I first came on board, we really went back to fundamental, fundamentally our roots and, 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 and talking about our mission as a company. And it's very simple. And it's about, it's all around voice, right? Voice is the equalizer. So we say, and it's written on our walls, we give each customer a voice. No one else hears them, but we do. Right. And it's such a powerful igniter, at least for, for, for us and our team. And to tell that story. And so if you think about anyone listening to this in a, in a contact center, again, you don't have, it doesn't have to be world peace. If it is, God love you. And we really want to help you. But if what, if customers are buying from you, you're doing something that's helpful. You know, I got a smoothie company that delivers these frozen smoothies to me. And I can tell you in a pandemic, is really helpful. I really look forward to those. So whatever you're doing is helping customers. And I, I think about like when you talk about giving each customer a voice, one story that folks can tell is take what you're doing that helps customers and then flip it and imagine what happens if you weren't doing it. So in your company, I would okay. say, have you ever had one of those moments when you're so frustrated, a bunch of things have gone wrong and then you can't even get your cable company on the phone. You can't even get the people that made your software on the phone. And you just want to put your head down on the desk and cry because you feel like no one cares about you. But the moment you get someone to help you, it can change your whole day. And that's what you do. Right. And, and, I mean, I, I had a great example of that. I had an eight hour phone call with, with a service provider for a very simple issue um, where I just kept getting rerouted and rerouted. And by the time the agent came on the phone, I was, I was so happy to talk to this person. So frustrated with the brand, but so happy to talk to this person. Oh, please don't, uh, hang up, don't hang up on me. Don't hang up the phone. Don't get disconnected yeah. because you can solve my problem. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's so quite confusing that that noble purpose is about getting and, and it can't just come from the top. Like you said, you have it on your wall. A lot of these companies maybe do have it on their wall, but it's about that front line leader. So if you are managing 10 people, 12 people, however many people you manage, and you tell uh, how do we make life better for a customer story, we call them customer impact stories. If you tell one in your five minute huddle every morning, what you will do, the brain science shows this, you will ignite the frontal lobes of your team which is where creativity and problem solving, empathy and compassion sit. All those are pretty important for somebody that works answering the phones. So you will ignite the frontal lobes of your team. You will quiet their amygdala and their stress hormones. And you will start to get them to produce more serotonin. And this is really important because in a lot of high pressure environments, we work on dopamine and over over um, reliance on dopamine makes people frantic. But when you can start to tell these stories about making a difference, you start to produce more serotonin, you build belief that makes people focused. And that's what you want. Yeah. Speaking of belief, I can think of so many companies with a noble purpose. Um, mm -hmm. 
And, and a few that come to mind for me personally in the consumer space are brands like Warby Parker yeah. or Patagonia, Sales Southwest Airlines, mm-hmm. um, and then on the B2B side, Salesforce. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, is this lead, is this noble purpose something that is reserved for the larger brands? And does it need to happen early in a company or can it be learned and applied later in life, say at a company? So I'll take is, is it just for the big, sexy companies? No. We have a client who has embraced Noble Purpose, who is a concrete company in Omaha, Nebraska. So, (laughs) and they embraced it about 10 years into their journey. And so what your Noble Purpose is, in a lot of companies, it's kind of implicit. What we do is make it explicit. And there are companies like Salesforce that were founded on a noble purpose, like Southwest. We democratize this, guys. There are companies founded on that. But we always say, there's a Chinese proverb, I think, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Second best time is today. So yeah. <laughs> if you're today, that's awesome. And so, for example, I'll use this concrete company out of Omaha. It's a company called Foundation Support Works. You can see them on our website. There's the CEO talking about it. And what they decided, they work in the contracting space. And if you've ever, you know, you you were on the phone to a service provider for, you know, eight hours. If you've ever called a contractor, you know all about waiting and, you know, not showing up in that. So they decided that their noble purpose was we're going to redefine our industry. We're going to set a new standard for contractors. And they have a whole list of what that means. And so what your noble purpose does is it answers, how do we make a difference to our customers? And how do we do it differently than the competition? And it may simply be, in their case, that we're on time. We stick to our estimates. We leave our job site clean. We're friendly. We make eye contact. We make people feel supported and cared for. So their concrete is not really any different than most other concrete. But what they're doing is they're creating a differentiated experience. And that's part of their noble purpose. Not just, again, we want to please customers, but we want customers to walk away from us going, that's it. I've never had a contractor like that. And it worked. Over the course of two years, they had exponential revenue growth. They were voted a best place to work. They are a, you know, they go and muck out people's basements and put up concrete and they were voted a best place to work because of the way, because once you help your people understand, there's a lot of talk about how to treat your people. But one of the things people want the most is they want to feel like their work matters and all the smoothies and free lunches and cool brands will not do that for you unless you feel like your work is making a difference. And that's the thing people want most more than anything. Yeah, I so agree. I mean, the, the noble purpose and the values are, are, are critical. Um, so we, we, we like to play games on this podcast and I hope that's okay with you, but, um, yeah, I've been sitting home for weeks. I would love to play a game. (laughs) We play a game called what's behind that post. And what we do is we bring up a recent social post that you've done and ask you what it was all about. And for me, this one very much uh, resonated because I'm a mother of three and, and home. Um, and it said something like, if you're trying to juggle work, kids, housework, um, everything else, it's easy to feel defeated when things go awry. Without long-term vision, short-term setbacks carry more weight. 
-hmm. And you talked a lot about resilience. Mm -hmm. Would love for you to elaborate for our guests about that. Okay. I'll do that in two places. First, I'll do it about work and then I'll do it about personal. And by the way, the tools are the same. So I want to cite a study for you out of Michigan State University that Dr. Valerie Good did. And it was for salespeople. It applies to all of us. It was when people felt like they were contributing to a cause bigger than themselves, they had more resilience and they could overcome setbacks. They could put forth more sustained effort over time. And so now I'll go to the personal. The reason that's true is if we are just trying to work through our own list, at a certain point, we're going to get exhausted. Yeah. But one of the things that we did um, for the new edition of Selling with Noble Purpose is we interviewed a number of combat veterans because I wanted to know about resilience. And they will all say the same thing, is that the thing that keeps you going is belief in a cause bigger than yourself and your commitment to your team. And so we did this before the pandemic started. And it's and and I don't want to compare having to sit at home and work with being in combat. But I often think if they could do that, then surely I can do this. And so when you think about being resilient, one of the things that helps people do that is you've got to let go of this idea that I am, that success is being is being graded, that I'm being graded on my ability to do all of these things. And particularly with uh, children, you are going to be graded. All our kids are going to end up in therapy one day and they are going to talk about you, but they are not going to talk about whether you got the meal on time every night. What they're going to talk about is how you managed yourself and them during a crisis. And, and that doesn't mean you serving and doing everything perfectly. What it means is saying, wow, I've got a 10-year-old, whatever you have, and they're going to face crises during their life. They're going to face challenges during their life, guaranteed. What do I want to teach them about that? And it also, it doesn't mean always having to be tough because one of the things that we know is, and particularly for women, when you take in all this emotion and you just stuff it down and act like it's not there, that's worse. So to be resilient, one of the things you've got to do is give yourself permission to feel your emotions and let them out and know that they will pass through you. And you've got to be able to do that. And you've got to model for your, that for your team and for your children. Yeah. I'm confident we can get through this. Right now, I'm really upset and I'm going to process that. And as soon as I'm done processing that, we'll come up with a plan. Just be honest about it. Yeah. So true. I've been amazed at how resilient kids, you know, my kids, other people's kids have been through this. So we'd love to end with you on a fun note. Oh, good. Now now we've talked about resilience. Now we've talked about the tough tough part of resilience. Um, But let's get to know you a bit better. And the way that we do this is something called Conversations That Matter Rapid Fire. Okay. And so the idea behind it is that I get to ask you a series of questions and you give me a rapid fire response. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) One thing that you wish you had known when you started your career. Emotions are an advantage, not a disadvantage. One city or country to spend more time exploring or vacationing. A state, Maine. 
Sounds dreamy right now. It does. (laughs) If you had the opportunity to customize the voice on the other line of contact center that you're calling into, this could be, you know, a person living or dead, celebrity or not. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to answer that call and who would do the best job solving your issue? Oprah. <laughs> that would be really fun. She, I, I give one call to her and she would solve everything. <laughs> you hear that contact centers? Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, she would, her calm, her wisdom. She also, if I called and had a tech problem, I'm sure she's not going to solve that. But she's going to go, just one moment while I get the best tech person in the world for you. Oh, here he is. There you go. Yeah. I mean, she could do it all. I love that. Your best day, what does it look like? My best day is a day when I get to do three things. I get to exercise. I get to spend time with the people I care most about. And I get to do something that makes a difference to someone. I love that. That's, that's very similar to mine too. Mm -hmm. Last one. What do you love about your job? So it's interesting you ask this question because one of the questions that we ask people is on your best day, what do you love about your job? Probably the best thing about my job, I'm going to be full disclosure. We have helped a lot of companies make a lot more money. We have helped a lot of companies become leaders in their space. But the best thing is when someone says, I love my job now. I didn't like it before this, but I really love it right now. That just lights me up because I know that person has had their whole life changed. Their kids' lives have been changed. Their spouse's lives have been changed. Their parents' lives have been changed. Because someone that is excited about their job, it just infuses into every single part. So for me, in my heart, that's the kind of moment that I live for, is for people to say that. Yeah, you're so right. It gives you like a spring in your step and, and it transfuses yeah. to, to every element of your life. It so does. Because I, I mean, part of my backstory is, you know, how you don't realize these things until later. I had one parent who loved their job, who was always excited about it, and one parent who hated it. And I could see the difference in our lives Yeah, that that made. And so for me, you know, I can draw a direct line between the people are excited, they love their job, they make a difference to customers, you have more competitive differentiation, you win the market, you make more money. But it's that first thing that I get so excited about. So true. So true. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for your time today. I so appreciate the valuable insights that you've shared with our community. For those that want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can follow me on LinkedIn. And we do have a new book called uh, Selling with Noble Purpose. You can Google that. And, And I do want to say something to the folks that are leading people at you know, contact centers. I know that this is a really hard job, but your people are a real lifeline right now. Like the customer service, the the people that help right now on the phone, they're making the world work. So that in itself is really a noble calling. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for, for being a part of this today. It was so great to talk with you. Yeah, you too. You have been listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast by Unifor. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player and rate and review to enable us to create relevant and valuable content for your business. If you'd like to learn more about conversational service automation, visit unifor.com. 
Have a great day.